Hi, folks. Steve Urban here. Today's episode of the Rutterflex podcast is sponsored by Marketing 360. My good friend J.B. Kellogg and his team do such a fantastic job for us and so many other companies. Marketing 360 is the number one platform for small business, and it's everything you need to grow your business. If you need marketing support, I really encourage you to contact them at marketing360.com slash writerflex, and we'll add that link to the description of this episode for easy reference. On today's episode of the Riderflex podcast, we have guest Wendy Bowling. She is the founder and CEO of Corporate Cowgirl Up, and she's the co-founder and president of Coolest Women We Know in Tech. Wendy is a thought leader, corporate consultant on gender intelligence and inclusive leadership, and she's the author of Cowgirl Up, A Woman's Guide to Navigating the Corporate Frontier. Well, hey, I'm, I did my homework on you, so I'm like, oh, wow, she's pretty cool. I, li- I like her. I like Wendy. <laughs> well, thank you. We could, we could hang out again. I yeah, I, I like Wendy. I like the podcast. I like your style. Very similar to mine. Um, you know, nice. we were both executives, but I'm, I'm, uh, I grew up in Oklahoma. I'm just a little farm kid from Oklahoma. My, my dad was an oil field worker. My mom was a bank teller. And so I just, you know, I was a blue collar kid and, uh, yeah, I, I still uh, sound that way, even though I, I, I was an executive and ran a few big companies in my career or a few smaller companies in my career. But I don't uh, I don't uh, I still sound like just an average Joe. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. People said have always said about me, you're very approachable. Very and, approachable. And it's that authenticity that I think people are dying to see in leaders today. Right. Totally agree. Totally agree. Plus, I can blame all of my uh, grammar and, and, and spelling on my Oklahoma education. <laughs> you probably have the same. It's just Virginia versus Oklahoma, right? Uh, right. right. Did you, is that where you grew up? Virginia? I grew up in Virginia. Wendy Bowling on the Rider Flex podcast. Wendy grew up in Virginia. What part? Um, Southern, man. I mean, really Southern. I, no, nah, I, I can't tell. close to carolina um little town called mckinney went to dinwiddie high school for um which was you know just an experience all farming community so yes Uh, my dad though was an at&t a manager and worked at AT at&t didn't go to college worked at AT at&t until he retired at 51 with 30 years of service wow yeah. How about that? Boy, you don't see that anymore. How about your mom? Mom really was a stay-at-home mom. And um, it took, it was three of us and we were a bit high maintenance. Um, she did pretty casual jobs um, to, to give her lots of flexibility, like at an eye doctor. And she worked at the county court later in her life. So she was a teacher's aide for a long time. I'll never forget my, I have a twin brother. Oh, and then a younger sister, Woody is, is his name. And we, we were the first class in, um, in, at that time in Virginia to be integrated. Oh, is that right? Wow. What year was that? Um, ooh, <laughs> I'll be giving away your age. I'm gonna give away your age right here. So 1969. So. Wow. Wow. How about that? Okay. So, 
So because you grew up near the North Carolina border, that's why you went to school at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, right? I guess. That's yes. Yes. Well, and I went to, um, to a two-year school because my brother and I both got scholarships. I got oh. a, he, of course, got a full ride on baseball. I got a academic uh, softball and basketball to get a full ride. So that, that helped my parents out tremendously. So. Wow. So you were both athletes in high school then? Yes, I still uh, like to, to uh, I have a knee replacement now, so it's more golf than the okay. crazy competitive stuff, so. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that was a two-year school? Two-year school, and then went to University of North Carolina, Wilmington after that, so. Oh, I see, I see, and got your bachelor's in mathematics from there. I got you. Yes. Okay, all right, very good. Well, Walk us through your early career then. Give us a little bit of history. You don't have to you know, tell us about every job, but just kind of give us a career overview sure. before, we, before we get into what you're doing now. Sure, was lucky enough um, to get to at t Bell Labs right out of college with a math uh, undergrad and immediately got my master's at, they paid for it and did a little uh, program where we were able to, um, uh, give you a day off a week to get your master's in computer science. That was really, nice. times have changed, Steve. Times have changed, right? <laughs> um, but it, is, it was such a neat environment in, in Chicago. Uh, spent uh, the next 20 years, AT&T, then Bell Labs, then Lucent, and then, of course, Avaya, and then um, always in R&D doing software development, system test, um, got my first manager job of a maintenance group, then was promoted to, to um, be the first director of the voiceover IP group oh. when uh, everybody only knew circuit switched at the time. Um, that was interesting. Um, put out the first IP PBX as a new project to take Cisco market share in that space. So that was really cool. Um, ended up going through a pretty um, mind-altering, career-altering experience where I was fired for reporting sexual harassment. Oh, well, hold on. Which company? Can you tell which company this is? Avaya. Um, okay. So uh, right here in Westminster, um, I was uh, the director of all the next-gen products at the time, and uh, I was doing a talk for one of the... Uh, top two revenue accounts for Avaya in New York. Okay. And after I gave this presentation on our next generation solution, um, we were sitting having lunch and the Avaya manager uh, that ran that account for sales, he asked me and his direct report, who was the woman who was at lunch with us, if we would have a threesome and if he could videotape it. <laughs> what well, he just says this right at lunch this is he just like oh. this is a casual conversation <laughs> oh honey i was so thrown huh. I, I i you'd think you're going to come up with all these pithy responses <laughs> put him in his place and instead i think i actually hit this out of my head like i can't be hearing the right thing right now so oh, well, yeah, yeah you're just you're in shock like okay shock like, did you say, say that? Like, I don't even know how to respond. Um, so she got us out of the situation. So you could tell it wasn't a shock to her. 
and mm. I reported it and was retaliated against for 18 months mm. um, until they fired me the day I had a meeting with the CEO to try to, um, you know, let him know what was going on about the situation. Did the uh, lady that was with you at lunch, his direct report, did she back you up? Was she like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah. She did, and she left. She was already, she had already tried to report it to his boss and mm. had been retaliated against. So it was just a culture um, wow. of, the, yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things where you look back and bad things happen to good people. Um, you've just learned so many great lessons there. The I didn't leave Steve because I'm a I'm pretty spunky and <laughs> I picked up on that. <laughs> I've learned to hold my own with guys, especially you know being the only woman in the room in tech for many many from all of my career. Mm -hmm. And having a twin brother, you know, it was like bring it on, right? I, mm -hmm. Anything boys can do, girls can do better. I, I actually have a cross stitch of this, if you can believe it, down in our podcast studio, but that yeah. I did when I was nine. So I just, you learn so much from that situation. You learn, the, I thought, I'll, I'll leave when I want to. They won't push me out. Uh -huh. But the longer I stayed, the more normal it felt. And oh, so so that wasn't the only time it happened. There was other there were other situations. No, it was it was eighteen full months of them trying to get me to quit and wow. moving me around. Um, keep they made me an individual contributor. Every time I'd get traction in a new role, they'd switch me. It was you know they kept me in the bottom ten percent that eighteen months, and I'd never been out of the top. Um, so it was one of those situations you. In hindsight, you would do things a lot differently. I would have left sooner. I would have gone on the offensive. Um, I just have so much compassion and understanding, though, for women who are stuck in these positions now. Um, and so it, it, it actually led me to the next 10 years where I went to a, a small companies, even had my own healthcare IT startup, um, and I went into sales for 10 years. So as an extroverted engineer, um, sales was perfect for me. I, I, right. I, when I first, when I saw your early career and I'm like, wait a minute, director of software development. Hold on. <laughs> I listened to some of her podcasts and I saw, saw you on some YouTube videos and I'm like, she sounds like sales and marketing to me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, and I do have my R&D voice where it's quieter and slower. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's so good i can i can i can only imagine like early in your career your supervisors they met you or they would see you oh. in a room in the room they'd be like wait a minute we gotta we gotta oh, get yeah. her, we gotta get her into sales and marketing <laughs> it was even worse i had some a lot of introverted engineers that reported to me and i'll never forget the first time i was a new manager and i scooped my chair up to right next to the the guy I'm having the um, career development conversation with, <laughs> and he backs up his chair like way too close. And <laughs> I went, okay, I have to be calmer. Oh, I need to go back so to my R&D voice. So. So, then, so then with your computer science background and the software development background, now you're client facing oh, yeah. with, with the back end understanding as well. I mean, that made you 
hugely valuable, I would think, and then at that point. So now you're yeah. now you're off now you're off and running in VP of sales, marketing, stuff like that. Gotcha. Well, and and I really had some years there where I got into sales and started making really good money. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I was lucky enough to run uh, uh, sales for an uh, Indian company that was a Cisco reseller, and it had headquarters here in Princeton, New Jersey, and Chennai, and that was a, an amazing experience. And then I was recruited away to do a second healthcare IT startup out of Tennessee, and that was doing some real powerful work in the world to fix healthcare and alarm management um, that right now um, is all is not really tech savvy. Um, they did a lot of things manually. And I always saw this, you know, building product, you saw that you could use technology to solve some of these business problems. So I did the startup um, for a year and I'd gotten smarter. I raised my head after a year and I, and I said, is this company going to be successful? And I knew they, their board was yanking them around. They changed their roadmap three times in one year. And so I fired myself. They gave me six weeks to, to get a new job. And so I was interviewing in Denver. My youngest had two years left in school. And I, um, I had three fabulous opportunities. I mean, it was one of those things, Steve, where you go, man, am I going to be able to negotiate my butt off here, right? And I ended up um, having the final interviews in a two-week period with the CEOs. And all three were so sexist. Really? Um, one of them said to me, it won't hurt you being pretty close in business. <laughs> and the other two, I won't, I mean, over a beer, we can talk about the other situations. But in general, I just hit this wall where, you know, I was, I was 30 years in. And, and, you, had, and you, had, you, had, you had children, you were a oh, mom. I mean, oh, my God. And I was at this point, I am, I am tired of this. I think I just don't want to work for another masculine negative CEO, male, and I took a step back and I ended up deciding to actually um, do what I was passionate about, which was trying to build great gender intelligent leaders in companies and speaking. Um, I knew nothing about writing a book and that's the first thing I did. I took that year and wrote Cowgirl Up. Eight. Oh, oh, so that's where, okay, that's where the name of the consulting company came from, was from the Corporate book. Cowgirl Up is the name of the gotcha. consulting company, you know, and Cowgirl Up, A Woman's Guide to Navigating the Corporate Frontier. It all came from when I was fired, you know, really at the top of my game. I really, I went home and I was pretty depressed and I never forget um, kind of three o'clock in the afternoon Kids were at daycare. Um, watching how, many kid, how many? How many kids you got? Two. two. Okay. Okay. And yeah. um, boy and a girl, uh, twenty-eight cool. and twenty-one. And nice. And I'm sitting there in my pajamas, three o'clock in the afternoon, feeling sorry for myself. I'd been fired from Avaya at my from my dream job, right? And I ended up um, watching this movie, Eight Seconds about Lane Frost, the youngest rodeo rider. Yeah, I think you know it. And I've seen it, yep. at the end, he gets bucked off and stomped on and his best friend comes in and says, yep, it looks like you're done. You, you've only worked your whole life for this or you could cowboy up and show him what you're made out of. 
And I thought, I need to cowgirl up. I need to figure out what to do with this. I need to figure out what I made up. So. Oh, I like it. I like it. Okay. okay. What, year, what, what year was the book published? Um, it's been six years ago. Six years. Okay. Did yeah. you, but the consulting firm, was the consulting firm older then? I mean, you had already started or no, 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 no. no you wrote the no, book. For, you wrote I the book first. Book, and then I've been doing the consulting firm for five years and it's been such an amazing journey. I mean, it, it was um, such a fabulous way for me to get in there and figure out really what's going on with mm. why 57% of mid-career women are leaving tech. Mm. Mm. Okay, so the consulting firm started in 2015. Give us the give us the elevator pitch, right? The three That's minute the three minute corporate cowgirl up pitch. Go for it. You are so funny. So I really work with companies to learn how to leverage both the innovation that comes, but also the financial gains of inclusive leadership culture. It just doesn't happen by accident, right? But I'm also assisting women with becoming. Um, with through coaching and training, really becoming the trail boss of their own career, not just meandering along, but being in charge of it, figuring out not just going to the next thing um, from what you're doing, but where do you, where, what's next in line for your bigger impact in the world, right? And a part of this is also doing the podcast. Um, we were um, just voted um, in 2019 at the end the best business podcast um, by People's Choice Awards. So that was, never hurts to have a little trophy here. What, what, do you have a trophy? Where, where's it at? Can I see it? Do you have it, where is it on a, is it on a shelf in your office or where's it at? It's downstairs in our little podcast studio. So <laughs> that's cool. I will tell you when it came, it was this big compared <laughs> to this big. So. <laughs> That's so funny. People start, all right. I love that big, big girl money podcast, by the way, right? Yes. Big girl, big girl money podcast. And the listeners, if you just, if you just Google, you know, search that big girl money podcast, it yes. comes up, you can listen to it on whatever your favorite platform is. Every favorite platform. And I okay. do it with um, a millennial 24 year old. I'm 56, a baby boomer. And just, it's, it's such a great perspective of the two generations of what it is to what it means to be successful and how to hopefully be successful. So she started out as a mentee, and after about a year and a half, um, she she went through some pretty tough cultures um, uh -huh. right out of school, right out of CU Boulder, and uh, helped her get her first job as a business analyst. Um, she said to me, "Wendy, you've changed my life, and I'd like." to do a podcast with you and see if we can help other women be, you know, really lean in and be successful. And we, we like, uh, yeah. I mean, what, what was your response? <laughs> I just said no to that. Right. I mean, it's one of those things I said, I hadn't even thought about a podcast. Um, but if I can do it with you, because I think it's a unique perspective to hear her voice and mine. So we do some really cool stuff. Steve, it, we have a big girl take where we take a topic like okay. email communication and how millennials tend to suck at it a little bit. Right. <laughs> and so why is that? And how, you know, we, what do we as baby boomers wish millennials would do differently? And it's just been so much fun. We, um, I, 
it's a passion project for me now. So is the is the podcast tied into corporate cowgirl up the the llc or is that a separate entity or it's just a project how, how do you have that set up it's a separate entity and you, as you know because you have a partner right um, gotcha. Gotcha. we kind of own it together but it fits under the brand of mm -hmm. women's empowerment you know really creating great cultures we do have some men on the podcast so it's Every third episode, we do a big girl skill, um, like how to tailor your career to your personality and not the other way around. Okay. Um, or there's elevator pitches, bitches is one of them. Um, <laughs> we just have so much fun with this. And then um, we have great guests. Like one of the guests uh, that it was really fun was um, the Denver Broncos cheerleader that's a Lockheed Martin scientist. Okay, I don't know who that is, but Morgan but. Yost, she is oh, oh, oh. she is kick ass, and um, it's just so fabulous. The it's so inspiring. To, so today we're actually doing an episode with a biracial couple about what's going on in the country. Ah, by the way, we're recording this podcast on June 9th, twenty twenty. Not sure when it'll be released, but when Wendy mentions today, so she's doing that podcast. When will that launch? Is it live, or when will you launch that? We'll launch it next week. Um, it okay. usually takes us a week to get something out. So. Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay. So you got the podcast going on. You got Corporate Cowgirl Up Consulting going on. Plus, tell us about this coolest woman we know oh. in tech. So um, when, about 13 years ago, I, I was at the company Magpass Software where I went right after I was fired. And I became a partner there. and. I talked the partners into spinning off a product company. And so we were getting into um, healthcare and trying to improve healthcare using technology. So we, we came up with this really cool app to get cardiac care teams in place quicker. And we had that business case and I said, you know, Margaret, um, that's our CEO at the time, she was, um, had brought me in as a partner, Margaret Bird, and she said, I said, well, I've met such cool tech women that are now running businesses. I'm, I'm, you know, as I'm doing business development for our software firm, and why don't we run our business case by these amazing, coolest women we know? And she said, I love it. We have sushi, we have wine, we got 12 women that were just off the hook, inspiring, uplifting, you know, they just show up in a room, Steve, and they, they make things better, right? That's so I, I, we had that, that and got feedback, some fabulous feedback on the business plan, like fail fast and what does that look like? Um, and then everyone in the room said, we have to keep meeting. So we've built it over 13 years. Um, we have uh, 55 director level and above executive women um, that are members and we want, to think we're gonna get the coolest 100 women in tech in Colorado. So, I like that, I like that. Is it a nonprofit? Is that how it's set up, a nonprofit? Okay. Just finally getting to the point we're getting our 5013C and that's in the works right now. So it's funny you say that. Okay, very good. And you're, you're the co-founder and current president. Yes, I am. And we've okay. created a, such a, a tech scholarship fund. We oh. also have a next gen where 
twice a year, we bring the next generation of tech executives to the meeting so that they meet each other and they can network and see, um, be inspired by some of the really great, cool women that are in our group. You're writing books, you're, you're, you're co-hosting a podcast, you're the co-founder and president of this nonprofit. And oh, by the way, you're trying to run your own consulting firm. You're, you're a little bit busy. <laughs> well, Steve, we haven't even talked about it. the biggest aha in my life the last year. I, I was diagnosed with breast cancer last February. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Sorry, to, I didn't know that. Ooh. It's okay. It's um, yeah. one of those things that brings a different level of compassion and it brings a clarity to your life at 57, um, how old I am now, um, where you don't really wait to make things count anymore. You, you, don't, you don't deal with relationships that are a drag on you. You, <laughs> you just, you kind of, my motto is go big, go home. And boy, has that become even more important when the fragility of life is, it comes at you in such an unexpected way. Are you, what's, what are they uh, making you do? Are you, are you, do you have to have chemo or radiation? What's involved? Do you mind sharing anything? What, yeah, what, what, so I'm, I'm lucky enough. I was, it was found on a mammogram and it's lobular breast cancer. So okay. uh, the cancer cells um, are, are collect in lines of cells. So it's like a splatter, it's okay. very hard to see. And instead, 85% um, of breast cancer is, a, is called ductal. It's a clump of cells. It's why you feel a pea shape or, or a little lump. Mine, you don't feel. Um, it's very hard to see. In fact, the only way you could see it, if, if I put my arms above my head and there was a little dent in the side of my breast, uh -huh. um, as well as my nipple was doing this downward dog weird ass thing. <laughs> <laughs> which later I asked my fiance, did you notice that? He said, yeah, I thought it was gravity, you know? <laughs> um, so it's these kinds of things I tell people so that I educate them to look for these kind of changes in their breasts. Um, because most of the lobular is found in late stage and I was found in early stage. Mm -hmm. So I had, I went into a research trial to shrink the tumors. Okay. Um, it worked, but they found additional tumors of branches of the tumors when they were scanning. So I ended up having to have a mastectomy. So and that was last July. I had my reconstruction in March. I took my new boobies to Cancun in February. Um, no, January was the reconstruction. And February was my celebratory trip to take them out on the town. And then um, COVID happened and we're, you know, immune compromised. And so we've been sticking at home. So Gotcha. Gotcha. Now you said fiance earlier. So yeah. well, you, you got that going on too. Now, are you remarried now? Not yet. I got um, engaged a, a month before the diagnosis. And wow. so we've kind of put things on hold till I can get through this. I have two more smaller surgeries. So um, it's just such a long journey, Steve. I never realized. So. You are tough. You are, you are one tough lady and you're, you're, you're super organized with everything you're having to deal with and everything you have going on. Thank you. Uh, what about, how about grandchildren for, or, or you know, oh, my, my kids don't need kids yet. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> uh, no, they, they, 
their children know not they're not yeah. quite there. their brain has to has to you know that whole saying right if they're mm -hmm. alive at 25 meaning you haven't killed them they're going to make it so they're barely around that age so they I see I see I see we have a little bit more time but thank you when you were going through uh your career and some of that stuff happened that was did you go through a divorce right around that same time too was um, were you dealing with every cuz i mean that's also yeah. a yes i and it's funny because you think about i tell people you can deal with um unrest in your professional life or your personal life but god forbid it happens at the same time right <laughs> yes um and so most of the time they didn't happen totally in sync good but it was such an amazing, I was married for 25 years in my starter marriage. So it was a, a big, huge change in my life to be divorced because I got married. I met my starter husband the first day of my job at AT&T Bell Labs. So it was, it was quite the difference to, um, to, to make that kind of shift. Right. But it, Every single situation has, my current fiance is such a partner and I think it's a crapshoot when you get married to begin with because you're just, just don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> um, and at the same time, getting married again is a leap of faith in a different way because you bring your own bags. I knew Chris was the right one for me when he said, Wendy, we all have bags, just you have Louis, cute Louis Vuitton bags. <laughs> That's a good line. I like that. That's good. How'd you meet him? Um, at a call center conference in Vegas. Call center conference in Vegas. What was, was it at dinner? Was it at happy hour? Was it like across it was, the bar? I was Biz Devin and was they were, their company was one of my targets. And it's crazy. I had no interest in dating again. And he burr-weebled his way right into my life. Um, now, hold on. Now, now, were you closing him on a sale or he was closing you and then the relationship started? Which way was it? I mean, who yeah, was it's funny. He was luckily not my, not the head of R&D. He was in okay, sales. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> so it wasn't like that. Um, but at the same time, it was quite some time before I, I, I let him sneak in, under my skin. So <laughs> I can't imagine dating it. In, I'm 53. I... God, please don't ever let me have to do that. I can't. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> I don't enemy either. I'll be honest with you. So I can't. I can't even imagine at my age. If I met somebody, I'd be like, okay, look, look. Here's all my problems. Here's all my baggage. Here's all my scars. Here's here's everything right here. Yes. Just, here it is. You know. Exactly. <laughs> the best advice I got was from um, a guy that recruited me for that um, Tennessee company. He said to me, I was going through the divorce then. And he said, pick three characteristics you want in somebody you're going to share your life with. You don't have to get married again. Cause I went, hell no, I'm not getting married. <laughs> right. um, but three characteristics. And so I was so clear. I wanted someone emotionally intelligent, mm -hmm. financially responsible, not rich, just yeah. have your shit together. You, 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 you don't want to have to support them. Yes. Or the, and the third was sense of humor. And Chris has all three of those. It's amazing. Very good. Well, you've been through some stuff, my friend. You got some, you got some <laughs> battle scars. This is, 
by the way, this is why you make such a great consultant, because not only do you have all the executive experience, good and bad, but you have the personal life experiences as well, which can affect people and how they perform at work. Totally. Um, and, you've, and you've seen it, right? So at this, at this stage, when somebody calls you for consultant, plus you've had big company and small company experience, when somebody calls you, you're, you're like, okay, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Here's what I recommend. Let's talk about it. It's amazing um, what the, how you want to use your wisdom, right? It is. So it is. It's like, I love one of your questions. It's, it's one of the last ones you asked. That's coming up. That's coming up. <laughs> it's so good right here. I'm sorry. Go for it. No, go for it. Okay. Go for it. So you ask, right? What, what's the core purpose that you wake up every day wanting, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really being worth the space I'm taking up in the world. How am I making a difference to one person or one company today? Being worth the space I'm taking up in the world. That's pretty good. I like that one. That's kind of, well, that's kind of, that, that's it. That's in my top five, probably. That's well, pretty, pretty good. You. Thank you. And it is about today. I mean, I just made a decision. I was, I bought a new house 18 months ago. It's an old house. 85 year olds live there. And I was thinking about not redoing the kitchen for five years. And after you go through breast cancer and shakes up your whole, your whole world, I got, when I refied it, and everybody should be refining right now, by the way, um, and dropped it more than a point, I got a cash out and I'm redoing the kitchen next month. So nice. Um, it's like, enjoy every day because tomorrow's not guaranteed right mm -hmm. we have somebody on the riderflex team same situation um and uh i'm just so impressed and inspired by how positive she is and how she's just like hey i'm i'm alive today and yeah. this is what we're gonna this is what we're gonna do i'm gonna kick ass today and i'm you know i'm gonna be super positive i'm not gonna just sit around and feel sorry for myself yeah and i'm and that's really inspiring for me i love that about you as well uh, Thank you. Thank and so you. So, for people to get a hold of you, and then I want to, I want to ask you a couple of wrap-up questions, but real quick before I sure. forget. So, what's the best thing for them to do? Should they go to corporatecowgirlup.com, or what do you recommend? Of course, and then it's real easy. It's Wendy at corporatecowgirlup.com, right? Okay, very um, good. And so it's so simple with the Big Girl Podcast, coolestwomen.org. Um, is if, if we have some fabulous tech executives that are cool, um, then please reach out because it's funny how, how isolated you feel every day because the higher you go, the less women there are at that level. Mm. But I can't believe there are people, I've been in, in Denver for 28 years now after moving from Chicago the first eight years of my career and growing up in Virginia, um, and I can't believe there are really fabulous women executives in tech. I'm, I meet every day, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really fun. Talk to me real quick about why there aren't more. I, I mean, I, I was reading some of the stats on your website. Uh, you know, like there's more guys named John running companies than, than, than you know, women and stuff like that. I, yes. when, I, when, I, when I see stats like that, I talk to a few other guests that, you know, we, we have you know, connections in common. And every time I see a stat like that, I'm just, I'm just like, wow. Okay. I, I didn't know that. That's terrible. I, I you yeah. know, um, what, well, what, what, what's, 
I know that's a, by the way, that's a full podcast episode, but just real, real quickly. Why, why is that? Um, I, a lot of it has to do with unconscious bias that you're dealing with. I mean, constantly having to prove yourself when I would make a, a mistake, it would almost be like people would grab onto it to kind of put you in your place. Um, it, mm. it was, it's just a death by a thousand cuts. Right. Mm. Mm. Um, and which is why I think community and having a place like coolest women and having a really great tribe around you is so important, mm -hmm. but it's also, I, I've kind of hit on something after looking at this problem for five years, it's um, I'm calling it the glass wall. Okay. So when I looked at what it took to get into the sea level of a company, most of the people had run P and L had run profit and loss. I see. When I looked at and kind of mapped out all the women I knew that were executives, you know how there's two parts of a business. There's almost the infrastructure side and the support side, like marketing, IT, R&D, um, operations, right? Fin finance is on that side. And then on the other side of the business is the actual business units that are for product lines, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most of that is on the sales side of the business, right? I noticed that most of the women show up in the mid levels on the support side, on the infrastructure side. Interesting. And when they were trying to make moves like I did going from R&D over to the sales side, you were told, oh, you haven't done that yet. So mm -hmm. um, what I realized is that women really weren't being mentored and and, and they were running up against this glass wall of knowing, not being able to get in those roles because they'd never done p and mm -hmm. but needing to do p and to get into the roles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it, it's, I, I'm, I'm kicking around this idea around doing a P&L boot camp for, for women, um, middle management women, um, to really learn what it is to be able to ask the right questions, to be able to get mentored around it, to be able to dip their toe in so that they can get the experience to be considered in those, in those larger uh, P&L roles. Interesting you bring this up. You know, it really relates to my own situation at Riderflex. We have a Kelly who is our, you know, for lack of a better title, chief HR person. I mean, we're a small company, so we call ourselves whatever we want to, but um, she's basically third in command, you know, uh, here at Riderflex, and she, you know, does all the HR, oversees the recruiters, so a lot of stuff on the recruiting and HR side of our firm. And we had a cash one of the first times we had a cash flow meeting scheduled. She saw it on my calendar, and she she basically said, "Hey, I want to I want to be in that. I want to I want you to show me the cash flow and P and L and and the numbers and stuff." And to your point. You know, I thought to myself, well, yeah, she's a member of the leadership team. She's like in charge of Scott and I aren't here. So why wouldn't I include her in that? And why haven't I? <laughs> like I, speaking of unconscious, like I just, I didn't even think, I, I didn't think about it. And, and when she brought it up, I'm like, well, yeah, of course, you know, let's, you yes. know, let's get in it. So um, good point. I think, I think the, the, I would challenge the guys like me, the men like me to, to be, to force yourself to think about who you're involving in those positions and in those meetings. And on the other side, I would encourage, I would encourage the women to speak up and say, I want to be in that meeting. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Steve, <laughs> I, 
I've given enough unconscious bias training to realize that it's a one-off solution. It's not really going to be sticky. It's not going to be sustainable. It's got not going to, what I realized even through the breast cancer is I knew women who had breast cancer. It's not the same as going through it. Mm. Um, so I think we only have legitimate change where we start recognizing and being more conscious of people different from us mm-hmm. when we have an emotional experience. So I have, I'm actually in the midst of working on an app called Beat the Bias. Oh. It is a whole different way of giving you, a building advocacy in people with white privilege. And we're gonna start with gender, okay. but so you can understand what it's like to be the only woman in the room. You can, you can get a sense of what it's like to walk in our shoes. And it's for women too, because women can be just, can be harder on other women than men. So I've seen that. Yes. So how can we also have that experiential learning around that, that builds awareness of it in us? So. Great, great idea. I just can't even imagine how this conversation went with your fiance when you're like, you know, I don't have very many things going on in my life right now. I'm not busy enough. I think I'll also build an app. <laughs> well, it was crazy because when I started seeing the psychology psychologist, I said, she said, well, what are you doing now? And I said, well, I've put my business on hold. And she said, well, what does your day look like? And so I told her about the podcast. Uh-huh. I was, I've created, I'm a third year of a not just a rib conference for working women with faith. Um, <laughs> I was, you know, doing some of these fun projects because I'm only doing projects that inspire me this last year. And she went, Wendy, you just said you had five part-time jobs. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. really haven't put your business on hold. And I went, oh, I've got some learning to do here. I can see that. So yeah, you, you don't sit around and just waste time. I don't think I don't, that, that's <laughs> not my vision of you, right? You like to be challenged and you like to have a lot of stuff going on, which I really, which I really am inspired by, uh, Thank for sure. You. Yeah, for sure. Um, the the one more, just a couple more questions. The unconscious bias. You know, as I read your website and I studied you for the podcast, I just and I've heard that terminology before. I've heard those words before, and from some other great women that have been on the Riderflex podcast. And I have learned so much more about some of the women that have recently been on our show as they have educated me. Like, I really believe that. Like, I really believe that a lot of it is unconscious behavior that you just don't, you don't really realize it. Now, now, have I met some, some asshole men that are chauvinistic, you know, pig pigs in my career. I have met some of those guys Yes. That's definitely not the majority of the, no. of the by, by any means. There's very few, at least in my experience, there's very few really evil guys. Um, yes. They're out there, but not a bunch. Most of the time, I just don't think they know. I just don't think they, they realize it. I, I, I really believe that's the majority. I hope that's okay for me. To, I mean, that's my experience. I agree with it. People yes. said to me, hey, I have this crappy boss, the sexist boss. And I said, uh, is he a butthead to everybody? Yeah. He's not sexist. He's just an asshole. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think there are bad bosses like that. Um, right, right. But what I realized is this was a big aha for me, especially around the racial. I was given a presentation in Philadelphia and it was 
it was the most fun. They treated me like a rock star. I mean, and I walk off and I'm feeling like Oprah and like women are coming up saying, you're so authentic. It makes me realize I can be myself at work. And you're like, ah, oh, this is so great. I don't even have to get paid for this, but it's cool that I did. <laughs> and a woman comes up, an African-American woman, and she says, Wendy, I loved your presentation. You don't understand what it's like to be me. I have yeah, a double bind. I am, I am black and a woman. Mm -hmm. And I have to deal with not coming off as an angry black woman all the time. And I said, mm, mm, mm. oh, mate, she, she said, I said, I am sorry. I have not walked in your shoes. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to educate me, to, to have a conversation with me after this on the phone as I go back to Denver and you're still here in Philadelphia? Would you help me understand how, how I can use my white privilege to bring more people not like me to the table? And that's the best I can do, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I get it. I even had my own unconscious bias about not understanding both of those. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it, I definitely believe it's that way. And I think it's, an, it's, it's a matter of educating yourself and being aware of it. We, it's the same for us. I mean, now, the first, I don't know, the first 15, 20 people we had on the podcast, I think we only, it was only one female. And uh, I didn't even realize it. I mean, I didn't even really think about it because most of these were just my friends or people in my network until somebody pointed it out. And I, now we have made a conscious effort. And the last, I don't know how many podcasts we've released, released and the ones we have scheduled are now powerful women, a lot of them in Denver. But you gotta, you gotta be conscious of it. And you gotta, you gotta take certain actions to to correct it. Um, and I would just encourage anybody listening that you may not, you may not real, you may not realize what you're doing unless you just step back for a minute and kind of, and kind of go, wait a minute, let me just check myself. And that's what happened by the, that's what happened. I was telling, uh, some people, you know, that have been guests, I, I, that's exactly what happened. Somebody called me and said, uh, Hey bro, uh, did you know that like all your podcast guests are guys? <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling you, this doesn't happen till you get more people around you that mm -hmm. don't look like you. Right. Yes, I, I totally agree. Because that is your, uh, I think it's human nature to kind of be yes. immediately attracted by somebody that's just like you or whatever. And you don't, you got to be conscious of it. I really believe that, that term. I think it's a great, great advice uh, for, for the listeners. Um, I'm pretty pleased. I think of you already as a gender intelligent guy. So. Well, I, I appreciate it. I, I consider myself a work in progress all the time. I don't even, don't even all. you know, our, our advisory board. I mean, we have a concentrated effort right now to restructure that. I and mean, we don't really have a board of directors uh, at Ryder Flex. Um, but even just, even just to have an advisory board, even though an advisory board is really just people that you call and say, hey, what do you think about this? Exactly. Uh, um, we have to make a concentrated effort to make sure that that's balanced. Uh, and exactly. right now, and right, and right now it's not. And I, and I, so I, and I look at that and go, okay, I'm embarrassed by that. Like, I got to fix that. I got to fix that. And so even at the age of 53, I'm. Well, and it's not just fixing it because it's the right thing to do. You're no, actually well, losing innovation. I, I mean, have you heard? Totally the agree. First, the first Apple product watch didn't work on, on dark skin. I mean, it was ridiculous. Are you um, serious? I didn't. Is that, first, is that really? Yeah. The first Siri was only tested by 
guys, so it didn't work with a female voice. <laughs> I mean, this, you have to have wow. an wow. inclusive team to get the best results, not wow. to mention wow. Wow. Um, how impactful it is on your bottom line. I mean, companies that have had three or more women on their board do 50, over 50% 50 better on the return of sales. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Plus, just surrounding yourself with diversity of thoughts and ideas and styles. I mean, it just makes your company stronger. If you got everybody that's just like you, looks like you, and sounds like you, all saying the same things, you might as well just have a board of directors that's just a bunch of yes people. And all that doesn't exactly. do it. That, that doesn't do anything. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if you're not getting challenged every once in a while, you need to look around and wonder, oh, mm -hmm. this, this is, are we getting the best results? Right. Yeah, totally agree. And for the for any of the women out there that have gone through what you mentioned earlier, um, and that that whole yeah that whole sexual harassment experience, I just uh, I I've seen that a one time in my career. I have seen I have been at a table with with a male that said things to a few females that were at the table, and I remember thinking I was just like you actually. I was just like you. I was like. Did he just say that? Like, yeah. I feel, yeah. okay, is this, am I like, in, in a, is, this a, is, this a, is this a bad, oh, oh, me and several people the next, oh, that, that, so that, oh, that, 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 that afternoon, we were at a conference, we were at a conference and me and several other people around, it was a happy hour thing. Yeah. And me and several other people that were like, did you hear what he's saying to those girls over there? Like, no, he can't, like, no, that's not cool. Like, he can't do that, man. Uh, and, uh, we, yeah, we reported it that night. And then a couple of days later, they, they let him go. But uh, I remember hearing that thinking, holy shit, I can't believe he just said that. Um, but you got to act on it. I just would encourage, and I don't know what advice, because we didn't really, I don't know what, if you want to tell anybody going through that, exactly what you think, you think they should do, but. Um, well, the, the sad story is the more you um, hit that behavior, the better you get at responding. I got really good. I mean, because um, when I got into sales, it got worse. In fact, I cool. had one of my clients at a happy hour conference ask me if I'd had any work done up there. And I said, I sure have. I just had a root canal and a pound <laughs> That's, so, that's so good. I love and it. And so you, Neil, uh, you also, the best thing I, I would say is you jokingly say it and hopefully get it and, and back down. And when they continue the behavior, you say, how would you feel if somebody yeah. said that exact thing to your daughter or your wife? Yeah, yeah, really, and yeah, exactly. Usually that sparks some conversation and... Um, and enlightenment. And most of the time people will apologize. Nine out of 10 times, they just don't, they've had a little too much to drink, never confront, never confront a drunk person. I mean, that's a good advice. That's good advice. Right? You wait till the night. I had this, that situation um, where something, uh, a guy grabbed my butt and <laughs> I walked away from the situation and his coworker followed me and said, why did you let him do that? And I said, let him, why didn't you call him out? Ooh, and so great. the next day, right. The next day I ended up sending an email to the guy and said, um, that behavior made me really uncomfortable. 
I value our, not only our professional relationship, but our friendship. And I would appreciate if, if you can't treat me with more respect, um, then I'm sorry, we, we can't work together. He's lucky that you treated that you basically gave him a chance to correct himself right there. I mean, right. you basically you basically offered up a chance for him to to improve his behavior when you could have. I was around him in other situations. He apologized profusely, said he he'd had too much to drink, but things have gone the other way too, Steve. Where yeah. you mm -hmm. just had to figure out that that people weren't interested in changing. Is it got has it gotten better? Is it, is it better or no? I think it's more, it's less oblivious. I mean, a, 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 um, a blatant, blatant and more, um, you know, under the, the covers. It's more, uh, it, it, it or little, 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 little hidden LinkedIn messages that yeah. don't say certain words, but mean other things. <laughs> Let me give you the best story that that quantifies this right because one of the jobs I do is come in and assess your culture so I'm doing that with a big um, company that did 13 acquisitions in two years okay a big company in in Boulder um, they had a, 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 a target for a percentage of women to be 30% women in their their tech company okay. and and the this is the CEO was complaining to his right hand uh, woman uh, that was one of his uh, leaders why can't we get to 30% and it was 26% I think I've said we need to do this why can't we do it and she did the best leaderly thing I've seen instead of answering the question she asked him why do you want more women here and he said, because it couldn't ha hurt to have more skirts. Oh, gosh. Oh, so my gosh. It was two years ago. Oof. So I'm telling you, people know what to say. <laughs> but there, are, there is still a climate of women having to deal with this. And Oof. I'm sorry. I'm we so still got sorry. work to do. We still got work to do. That's what yeah. I... There's still work to do. <laughs> well, you're doing some of it right now, right? With with the things you have going going on. I mean, you are helping people while you're building your business and helping companies, uh, which is Thank which you. is which is great. I, I know we're at, I know we're out of time. One more one more quick question. We're roughly the same age. If if you if you could call your your 18 year old self coming out of high school and give her any advice right now, if you could like you know do a little time warp phone call. Oh man! What, what, um, would you, what, what would you tell her? Um, a couple things. First, uh, you can figure anything out, Wendy. You just gotta go for it. You will figure it out in the moment. You don't have to be overly prepared. You are are quick on your feet, and and you're tenacious, and you can figure it out. And most women feel like they have to get the certification, or some men feel like this. And I say, jump right in. You are so good at getting the knowledge you need to be successful, right? Just, the just second is, yeah. as we're doing the meandering in my career, I, I wish I would have had somebody tell me or my, me tell my younger self, just because you can do a job doesn't mean you should do it. 
I like that. Very so good. get clear of what you really want next, what it's going to give you in terms of either experience or the ability um, to work on something that's passionate to you, for you, or is you've always wanted to get the financial acumen, right? Uh, whatever it is, know why you're moving that way and do it with such a different intention. Never mm. run so from something, always run to something better. Love it. Wendy Bowling, thank you so much for being on the Rider Flex podcast. You were awesome as I knew you would be. Thank you for having me. This has such been such a great conversation. The Riderflex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, but you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.